Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. This episode is brought to you by Citrix ShareFile. Onboarding talent for a hybrid workforce is a challenge, and providing a positive first experience is more important than ever. Enter ShareFile with eSignatures, the fast, easy way to get documents signed and stored in seconds. With ShareFile, you can securely manage onboarding, open enrollments, and document signing without the friction. Plus, ShareFile is backed by bank-level data encryption and more than 25 customizable security settings, so your workforce's sensitive files won't fall into the wrong hands. Still not convinced? Try it for free for 30 days. Visit ShareFile.com and get started today. That's ShareFile.com to try it free. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Deb LaMere, Chief HR Officer at Datasite. Datasite is a leading SAAS provider for the M&A industry, empowering dealmakers around the world with the tools they need to succeed across the entire deal lifecycle. Deb, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me, Maddie. Happy to be here today. With your background in HR and DEI, I really wanted to talk to you today about allyship with it being Juneteenth and Pride Month. So what can businesses do to show their allyship in a way that is not performative? You know, I think that there's a number of things that we can do. First, we can set and maintain standards, really to create and maintain that sense of belonging. Um, It helps to really understand what the expectations are. What does good allyship look like from the beginning? Companies, they can create meaning of code of conduct, values, things like that. But it's also really kind of showing that empathy and listening to those that are around you. Um, I think that's first, you know, kind of looking at those standards and how you can start to maintain that. But also really how to show inclusion as an impact on business performance. It's all about the inclusivity of thoughts and ideas, and they come from anywhere. And, you know, when you're in this fast growing technology sector that we're in, you know, attracting and retaining top talent becomes a really important component for data sites, outlook, success, and really understanding how do we create an inclusive environment, bring those diversity of thoughts and ideas in to help us continue to keep innovating. Part of it, too, is that we're seeing that impact on business performance and being inclusive and having employees feel engaged by even looking at how our employee engagement scores have grown. We went from a 71% in 2019 to we just finished our engagement survey here in 2022 and an 84%. And in fact, what we do do is actually focus on a lot of questions within that engagement survey then, too, asking about belonging, inclusivity. And we have a very high score in that as well, high into the 80s. So I think it comes to a lot of those pieces of, you know, how you can help demonstrate that allyship in terms of, again, you know, looking at how to be inclusive. Right. And with building a place where people can feel like they belong and express themselves when they know that their ideas might be different from the cohesive group comes down to developing a company culture where people have psychological safety. With your recent high score in that regard, Do you have any advice for how to kind of cultivate that? Sure, absolutely. It's all a state of transformation. First of all, my advice to everyone is there is patience that's there, that as you're building out of culture, you really need to look at the people and have employees as part of that discussion about what kind of culture do we want to be a part of and how do we move through that? And so I think it's, again, listening to people. If I come at it with anything for this, it's listening to everyone and hearing what the culture is for them and really starting to build that through. So my my advice is as you continue to build out your culture, listen to the employees and take their feedback and make it one that, again, 
they're inclusive of having to drive what that culture is because they're the ones who you want to make sure that they grab it, they take it, they own it, and they feel a part of it. It's really important that when you're defining culture that it starts at the top, absolutely, but you're also listening to the employees then too. And so once companies have that definition of what sort of culture they have and they're prepared to listen and engage with their employees, in this era of remote work where you don't necessarily get the in-person interactions with your coworkers and bosses and managers, what sort of steps can people take to improve diversity, inclusion, and belonging efforts? I think one of the pieces we've done here at Datasite in this remote new world of work that we're in is that, first of all, we had established a diversity and inclusion council. And part of that is to really, whether you're in the office or remote, but it's a diverse group of individuals who've come together to really create a lot of different ways for us to create education and awareness opportunities around diversity and inclusion. And it's, you know, not just in-person learning anymore. It's about having a site on our intranet site. It's called The Hub. And we've got a great area out there where we've posted a number of different periodicals for people to read, books, movies, like things like that, that we can start to create that education and awareness. We've created discussion groups. It's really offering, you know, podcasts and a number of different ways to just try to engage employees, but also educate and build this awareness around all the other, the issues that are there when it comes to DE&I and getting people part of it. In this remote work that we have, we're very heavily, all of us, no matter here at Datasite or where you're working, we're very heavily reliant upon technology. So you want to make sure that you've got great collaborative tools that people can come together to have discussions, that they can access different things that, you know, if you're not in the office anymore, that you've got this opportunity and a library of resources that you can go to to help learn and educate and see what else is going on. That's awesome advice. Thank you for that, Deb. And I was looking through your company's talent and diversity survey, and I saw that some of the statistics found that 63% of global dealmakers say that While diversity in the workplace is important to them, 21% of them are unsure of how to engage appropriately. You have been saying straight from the beginning of this conversation that listening is essential. Do you have any other um, advice on how to take appropriate action? You know, I think a lot of it is the listening piece, empathy, just creating that openness for understanding. Our research had showed that while diversity is important, we want to make sure that you're in an environment that people can feel comfortable. But, you know, I think the other piece of it is even being able to say, and if you're in a work environment that is open and you can have honest conversations as well, if you're part of that group of individuals who feel unsure on how to engage, be honest about it. You know, ask questions, be open. And I think we're here for discussion. We're here for learning, for understanding. Be open, be honest, and just say, you know, how can I better support what can I do, you know, where it truly becomes that amount? Because the more we can be honest and have trust and transparency with one another, it again creates that engaged workplace where we can have these conversations then too. And then when you have those allies that are out there, they can provide even that space for individuals who are having that struggle, that they can finally provide a voice for them to speak up if they've been afraid to do that. Nice. That's awesome. And as we've been talking about technology, With the shift to remote work, do you think that COVID-19 and the sort of virtual shift that the workforce has seen has brought more challenges to the DNI space, or do you think it has created more chances for opportunity? I think it's created a lot more chance for opportunity. 
the way I look at it is that, well, <laughs> the talent pool is so much broader now that you can hire anywhere. And of course, you know, our employees are open too from a talent standpoint, but it, it opens up this talent space that you can recruit from anywhere. There is talent in so many pockets within the United States, within different countries that, you know, maybe they don't have the opportunity to get into a workspace but they can work from home based on whatever their personal situation is. And it's allowed an opportunity to really take a look at how do we ensuring that we're, we're hiring for the best um, that goes beyond that too. I mean, yeah, it's opened up a lot more opportunity. Um, so in the recruiting space, while the talent pool is expanded because of virtual work, do you have any other advice on how to tap otherwise undiscovered pockets of talent that employers might not necessarily realize are a good fit for their company? We've been doing a lot of partnerships and taking a look at, yeah, where is that talent? There's so much of it out there and how do you tap into it? And even coming out of college too. So, you know, building out um, further, deeper partnerships with recruitment programs and even going even further back from college, you know, technology is, is a huge space that continues to evolve. And I think, you know, when you look at STEM careers that there still is the, you know, vast majority are mainly male and how do you get more females involved into that? And so you can even go as far as back as high school and getting girls engaged into STEM careers and starting to offer scholarships and other ways, looking at the underserved communities too, in terms of ensuring they've got an opportunity to move into STEM careers, to understand what a STEM career is. Being able to work in technology, medicine, engineering, science, those types of careers, educating and helping them understand. So when they do have that opportunity to go to school, whether it's a two-year program, four-year program, um, whatever is going to you know suit what they're looking for, that we can start on this kind of education about these different careers that are out there so we can start to lessen that gender gap and really give opportunities to everyone out there. Not knowing what's out there is one of the largest barriers to pursuing that kind of knowledge and that kind of opportunity. Yeah. Have y'all at Datasite done anything I know that you mentioned partnering with like even down to the high school level and um, recruitment programs. Have you seen a lot of success from that so far? Yes, we have. You know, we've seen that with internship programs. We're working to build out a scholarship for that high school level that's really focused on underserved communities for them to really understand. And part of it is part of my passion, too, is that in my nonprofit work that I've done, I've been part of an organization that helps at-risk youth. And it's a youth-based mentoring organization. But what I learned from being a part of that program is that when you're working with those kids, they don't know what's out there. And so that's where it's how can we volunteer in our communities to see what's there and to help educate, provide our time, talent, and treasures. But then also how we can potentially build out a scholarship program, too, to get high school kids more involved in STEM careers as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool to hear. And this is a little bit of a pivot, but I'd love to know based on your nonprofit work and your HR work, what does the human part of human resources mean to you? Oh, that's such a great question. For me, it's all about people. It's helping people. I mean, I love being in the job that I'm in. It's funny, I, I started my career. Well, before I really started my career, I was looking to explore a career in medicine and things take a different turn and a different pivot. And when I thought, well, if I can't be a doctor, I could hire the doctors. For me, it was all about patient care. Being in human resources is, again, it's almost patient care in a way that 
I want to make sure that I've provided and I'm there to help partner with managers who have tools in their toolboxes to be the best leaders that they can be to help promote their employees, you know, to create career pathing programs for individuals to see that there's so much more than that traditional career path, that there's the opportunity to zigzag and go to different areas and take those skills that they have. And I love being able to hire the right people, help to contribute to an organization's success. And even when I look at the nonprofit work that I do then too, that it's all about the human. And it's again, how do we make them the best that they can be so they can live their best life and they can do what gives them passion. For me, that's really what like that human part of human resources is, is being able to allow an employee what makes their work life better and to be able to live their best life. I totally relate to that. I was talking with my boss lately about the whole human part of human resources. And um, I actually don't originally have a background in human resources. I'm, I'm mostly like English and journalism. But the core of all the pieces I've worked on is who is the person behind it. So the shift to HR has been really fascinating, kind of like how your journey has been. Yeah. The piece to me is the whole evolution of HR. I'm not going to date myself too much. (laughs) I mean, when I was even coming out of school and HR was really still traditionally seen as that, you know, transactional and as I was in school and even doing internships and things like that, we knew that human resources was getting to this place to evolve. And what we've learned so much in all of our research is that having an amazing work experience that someone can grow and thrive, be themselves, bring their best selves to work. It's this evolution that HR has become this partner to um, really drive the business because at the end of the day, Customers are number one important and employers are that same number one. They're, in fact, they may be even more important because you're not going to have a great customer net promoter score if you don't have engaged, happy employees then too. Because if employees are happy, your customers are going to be happy. Exactly. A company can't exist without both. Exactly. So since this episode airs on Friday, I'd love to know what you're looking forward to this weekend. Well, and what I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to seeing some friends, some family. I actually am getting on a plane to go to London. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to London and seeing our great colleagues that are in our UK office. And we have a few other employees coming through our Europe to attend some manager essentials training. So I'm just, I'm excited to see friends and family this weekend, but then also gearing up to really spend a fun and exciting week next week with employees who are are looking to learn more about management skills. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah, it'll be fun. Do you have any family in London too? Or is that just your your trip for next week, ignoring your plans this weekend? Yeah, usually I on the weekends, I, you know, just have an opportunity to be able to do stuff here in town with my friends, my family. We have a great time. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. Deb, thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation. It was really a pleasure. Yeah, I had a great time. Thanks so much. This episode is brought to you by Citrix ShareFile. Onboarding talent for a hybrid workforce is a challenge, and providing a positive first experience is more important than ever. Enter ShareFile with eSignatures, the fast, easy way to get documents signed and stored in seconds. With ShareFile, you can securely manage onboarding, open enrollments, and document signing without the friction. Plus, ShareFile is backed by bank-level data encryption and more than 25 customizable security settings, so your workforce's sensitive files won't fall into the wrong hands. Still not convinced? Try it for free for 30 days. 
Visit sharefile.com and get started today. That's sharefile.com to try it free. Again, I'm Maddie Collins and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.